I know that families that live well together will stay well together. And that's the first step in longevity. Welcome to the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You are about to hear from Dr. Brian Stenzler, who is a very distinguished chiropractor who practices what he preaches. He is passionate about helping families achieve true wellness. Let's get started and hear more. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint podcast. Today I have on as a guest, Dr. Brian Stenzler. He is the author of Dream Wellness, The Five Keys to Raising Kids for a Lifetime of Physical and Mental Health, which is a 2021 publication. He has dedicated his professional life towards helping families stay healthy and prevent the need for many unnecessary medications and ultimately missed school and work days. He guides parents how to live a wellness lifestyle by avoiding chemical, physical, and emotional stressors in and around their households and how to adapt to the stressors that are unavoidable. As a pediatric and family wellness chiropractor, Dr. Stenzler serves his communities with three locations in San Diego. He has served his profession as president of the California Chiropractic Association from 2014 to 2016, as well as numerous other boards. He currently holds the position of vice president for the Congress of Chiropractic State Associations. Dr. Stenler's illustrious 22-plus career is highlighted with many honors, including New York Chiropractor Council's Chiropractor of the Year, the World Chiropractic Alliance's Outstanding Service Award, the Chiropractic Leadership Alliance on Purpose Doctor of the Month, 2012 and 2018 Doctor of the Year from the California Chiropractic Association San Diego, and the 2015 recipient of their Leadership Award. And he's been honored with the California Chiropractic Association's 2019 Distinguished Service Award. Dr. Stenzler travels the world as a guest speaker at conferences and colleges and lectures at numerous businesses, schools, and civic organizations as a wellness expert. He's also been featured on television and radio shows across the country. Wow, that is an illustrious 22-plus year career. So <laughs> I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> and a tongue twister. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Dr. Stenzler. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Gray. It's great to be here. So before you achieved all those awards, tell us your story. What even drew you to the field of chiropractic? Well, you know, it's funny because if you had asked me when I was 16, 17 years old, if I'd be a chiropractor, I would have been a what? <laughs> um, I couldn't even pronounce the word. The only time I ever even saw that word I was- I still can't <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> it's hard. It, it looks weird, right? And uh, I remember asking somebody in the family, because I, I used to ride my bicycle past this uh, home office. It's a chiropractor or something. And I'm like, mom, or whoever it was, what is a chiropractor or something like that? <laughs> and chiropractor used to be a podiatrist. So she didn't know what the heck I was saying. And then I think somebody said, oh, they're like doctors that crack people's backs or something. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And that was pretty much it. So like my entire childhood, I knew nothing about chiropractic. And it wasn't until college that I was introduced to the profession. I was uh, originally going to college thinking I was going to be a movie producer. Mm. Um, that changed. We, we won't get into that whole story because that, that'd be a whole podcast in of itself. But when I had made the shift from theater and film in college to pre-med uh, to be a physical therapist, because I was introduced to physical therapy because the theater and film thing wasn't working out the way I wanted to in school. I was spending a lot of time in the gym. You know, I always did martial arts and wrestling, always took care of my body as a kid. So health was always very important to me. It was a very important value. And so when I was introduced to physical therapist, I kind of saw that as being like, oh, I get to take my personal training experience to a whole new level sure. and uh, really started going in that direction. And my mom started dating this guy named Nat, who was a retired uh, NYPD officer for the New York Police Department. 
And Nat said to me, it was like the first or second time that I'd met him on one of my holiday vacations back in New York. He said, have you ever thought about being a chiropractor? That was like the first time I'd really heard that term again. And I'm like, no, like, I don't really know anything about it. Aren't they like fake doctors or something like that? Like I'd never really heard anything very positive about it. This is back in, I want to say 1991, 92-ish. He goes, well, I don't really know too much about chiropractic, but my son just started chiropractic school out in, in uh, Marietta, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, at a school called Life College. And he seems really passionate about it. Uh, you should probably talk to him because a lot of things that you tell me about yourself and your lifestyle, sounds like chiropractic would be right up your alley. I was like, well, okay. You know, I, I figured I'd entertain the notion of talking to his son and my mom and, and Nat end up getting engaged. So this guy's going to be my stepbrother. Might as well get to know him anyway and talk to him mm-hmm. about chiropractic. So my first conversation with Steve, I was blown away. Everything he was talking about, the body healing, self-healing, self-regulating organism. We don't use drugs and surgery to help people. We bring out the natural innate abilities of the body's potential to heal. And all this stuff just resonated with me more so than physical therapy. Not that physical therapy didn't work for me. You know, physical therapy is great. It's a great treatment for an injury, but I love the idea of something being more proactive towards mm-hmm. creating health and wellness. And it really got me intrigued. So Steve and I had multiple conversations while he was in Atlanta and I was in uh, upstate New York at the time. And then I was going to meet Steve for the first time at our parents' wedding. And uh, Steve planned on, he was going to be home for that whole week and he was going to take me to all these chiropractic offices. He was going to basically introduce me to the chiropractic profession and all of his mentors. So a day and a half before the wedding, Matt, Steve's father, drops dead. Oh. Unexpected. His first sign of heart disease. And I ended up meeting Steve at his dad's funeral instead of his dad's wedding. In all the grief that Steve was going through, still came up to me and said, all right, you're ready to go to the offices on Monday? And I was just like, what? I'm like, we're at your dad's funeral. He's like, that's okay. This time to grieve. He goes, but I made a commitment and you need to be introduced to this profession. I was kind of blown away. That that was incredible. And so I kind of see his dad, Nat, as the angel that put me on a certain path. Mm -hmm. And Steve facilitated that. That was the week I became a chiropractor. You know, obviously I had to go through my training and education, but everything shifted for me, meeting those chiropractors, understanding what the profession was about. It literally changed my life. And not only did that get me passionate about chiropractic, but that set my tone for what my life's work would be about because Nat, he was in his low forties. He was a retired cop. He thought he was healthy. He did not know that he had heart disease, you know, because he felt okay. He thought he was healthy. And it really got to a point where Steve and I used to talk about this all the time, that how you feel does not determine how you function. And you know that being in functional medicine. Or how you long know, you live. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not called sensory medicine. It's called functional medicine, right? You know, everybody looks at how they feel to determine how well they're doing, but it's really how they function. And so that's really where the concept of dream, D-R-E-A-M, which I know you'll touch on later on in this podcast, that's where it really started with, was before I even started chiropractic school on day one, was I came up with the concept of what the five facets of, of wellness would be, the five keys to a wellness lifestyle. Awesome story. You did have some divine intervention there. Without uh, a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so what drives your passion specifically for helping families now? I'm sure part of what you just shared, but <laughs> expand on that. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. You know, I mean, I see so many parents frustrated with their kids' health. Maybe the kids are out of school with runny noses and coughs and ear infections, some of these kids are already showing signs of chronic illness forming. Some of them, you can see they're getting obese already, diabetes. Diets are out of control with fast foods. Snacks have horrible ingredients, and they're just loaded up on sugar. Many of these parents are really trying to do their best, but really they're clueless. They really don't understand, and it's not fair for the kids to suffer from this. 
you know, and so regardless of their attempts, you know, when I ask the parents like what they buy at home and how they speak about these things, I typically get a blank stare. There's not enough consciousness at home. Sometimes I just want to look at the parent and tell them to look in the mirror metaphorically and other times literally because the kids are a reflection of them and they'll almost always follow the leader. So I know that families that live well together will stay well together. And that's the first step in longevity. You know, there's, like there's more that, yeah. centenarians, you know, there's more centenarians in our, mm-hmm. in our world right now than there have ever been in the history of time. And centenarians, people over 100 years old. And you know what all those centenarians have in common? Probably family. They're living with their they family. Didn't right? yeah. oh, oh, they didn't what? die. <laughs> they didn't die. But you know what? When I ask somebody, you know, do you want to live to 100? They're like, heck no. Because they look at the people in the nursing homes. Right. And they look at them suffering because when they were born 100 years ago, the life expectancy was 50, 60, 70 years old. They did not plan. I know they think aging is depressing. Aging should be amazing. Aging, we all are going to age, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's all about aging gracefully. Mm -hmm. And if they knew that they were gonna live to 100, they probably would have made different choices and taken different action. Mm -hmm. And so this was my passion because the kids that are born today will very possibly live to 100 and beyond. And I don't want them to dread that. I want them to be excited about it the healthy ones. So let's talk about what health is or what wellness is. So how do you define wellness? (laughs) Yeah. So wellness, a lot of people use health and wellness interchangeably, but they're not the same. Like I think the World Health Organization defines health as a state of complete physical, social, and mental well-being, Mm -hmm. not merely the absence absence of disease or infirmity. (laughs) Exactly. Uh And, And that's a great definition of health, but that's not the same thing as wellness. So wellness is really the integration of mind, body, and spirit affecting not only invisible body parts, but also the trillions of cells that make up your entire body. I refer to it as being the proactive approach that creates physical, mental, social, and spiritual harmony. It's much more than how you feel. It determines ultimately how you function. So wellness is the lifestyle that will either bring you more or less health based on the constructive or destructive choices you make throughout that lifetime. So I have a feeling you're going to tell us about this wellness lifestyle we need to be living, right? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, that's yeah. what the book really entails. Yeah. Uh, we got about 85,000 words that I don't think we could cover in this podcast. <laughs> but we could we could brush on a couple of things later on about things that I do and I recommend. Well, sure. let's talk about yeah, specifically what you do. So let's focus on chiropractic care for a minute here. So why is chiropractic care so important in healthcare? And, and actually, yeah. you may not know this, but chiropractic care is the topic of chapter two of my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. So in my book, I'm comparing really the, the framework of the home to the musculoskeletal and the nervous systems of the body, right? So we have to have a strong, we have to have the, the framework be very strong um, and to have a strong foundation, which I'm comparing to gut health. And in chapter one of my book, you have to have a strong, strong foundation. Then you have to have that framework upon which then to build health. So I'm sold. I believe in chiropractic care. I go every month. <laughs> but you wow. tell our audience uh, why chiropractic care is so important. Well, I love that. I'm so excited to hear that. It's it's not that often that we hear people outside of chiropractors in the healthcare and medical world talking about chiropractic Mm -hmm. because they just don't know enough about what we do. And the truth of the matter is you, you said it, the nervous system, many chiropractors. So if you go to a chiropractor that only takes care of musculoskeletal injuries and stuff like that, well, it plays a role in healthcare in terms of making sure that you feel right and that your posture is good and all that. That plays an important role. But the way that many chiropractors practice, uh, which is based on how chiropractic was founded back in 1895, is it's ties to the nervous system. And ultimately, every single person lives their life through the nervous system, which means that Every organ, every muscle, every gland, every tissue, every cell in your body knows exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it because the brain tells it so, right? 
So if, for example, if the brain wants the heart to beat, brain's gonna send an electrical message down the spinal cord, out the nerves to the heart and tells it to beat. If I were to cut the nerves that go to the heart, what happens to the heart? Stops it doesn't beating, beat. Yeah. It doesn't beat. And I ask, is that good or bad for your health? Well, I would say bad because you're going to die. When... <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad. Now, instead of cutting the nerves going to the heart, what if you were to choke up a stress on the nerves that go to the heart? Do you see how that would affect your health negatively? And people are like, yeah, of course. The signal is not getting sent perfectly. Well, one of the things that chiropractors work on are what we call vertebral subluxations, which is a vertebra that has moved out of its proper position putting pressure on the nervous system, not allowing optimal communication between the brain and the body. When somebody has subluxations in their spine, their communication between the brain and body parts is less than optimal, and they will experience a lower quality of health, whether they feel it or not. And the reason I say whether they feel it or not is because the trillions of, of the trillions of nerve cells that make up the entire body, only 5% sense pain. They need to have a special receptor on it called a nociceptor. And so, 5% of the nerves give information about pain, 20% of the other nerves that are sensory respond to sight, smell, sound, temperature, vibration, but 75% do motor function. That controls your organs, your muscles, your glands, autonomic, you know, your parasympathetic, your sympathetic nervous system, and all of that, and they feel nothing. So if we put pressure, if you have interference to a nerve that is a motor nerve, you're not going to feel that in terms of pain, possibly until it's a last symptom and then you ultimately perish. So we can't rely on how we feel uh, when only 5% of our nervous system gives information about pain. Using pain as the uh, marker that determines one's health and quality of life is a poor measure. Sure. So let me go back for a moment here to, I'm going to go back to that bio that you had. So you've been on several different boards <laughs> throughout yes. your profession. So, so tell me why you do that. Why do you spend so much time on those sort of boards? I'm very passionate about the profession. I think you could kind of get that sense. And I want chiropractors to be the best that they could possibly be. I wanna see a higher quality of standard of care. I don't necessarily need standardization of our profession. Our uniqueness is what makes us so special. Chiropractic is founded on the pillars of a science, art, and philosophy. So we all don't have to be the same. You know, Some can focus on musculoskeletal care, some can focus on nutrition, some can focus on raising healthy families. No matter what it is, we have to have certain things in common. So being on these boards, it gives me a platform to be able to help other chiropractors be the best that they can, help state associations be as, as functional and, and producing as they can be, and just helping the quality of not only chiropractors and how they practice, but how they communicate the chiropractic message to the communities that they serve. If the communities knew everything that your podcast listeners are hearing right now, I think many more people would be under chiropractic care because most of them, most of them have been taught by chiropractors, oh, if you have a headache, go to a chiropractor. If you have neck pain or back pain, go to a chiropractor. But who has said your nervous system controls everything so everyone benefits from a fully functioning nervous system. So whether you're a month old, a day old, or a hundred years old, you would benefit the same as anybody else by being checked by a chiropractor to make sure your body is functioning at its optimal level. Love that. Everyone benefits from a fully functioning nervous system. Couldn't write that fast enough. That's, that's great. <laughs> so what are some deal breakers for you when it comes to diet and eating? So as part of yeah. this wellness lifestyle, you can tell me what your deal breakers are. Yeah. So my deal breakers are, these are things that I will, I will not put into my body unless it's like a gun to my head. And even then I might take the bullet because ultimately these are slower bullets as far as I'm concerned. High fructose corn syrup, hydrogenated oils, artificial food colorings, artificial sweeteners, and gossip. Mm. So people That's like good. Gossip. I didn't expect that last one. <laughs> yeah. Because when people think of diet, they think of the food they consume. But I define diet as everything that goes into your body from the outside world to the inside world. 
It's mm-hmm. everything you eat, drink, taste, touch, smell, feel, hear, all the movies you watch, all the people you spend time with is just as much part of your diet as the food you consume. And if you remember that old computer term, GIGO, garbage in, garbage out, mm-hmm. well, if we put garbage into our bodies, whether it's through our mouth, through our eyes, through our ears, we get garbage out. That's so good. I follow some of uh, what Dave Ramsey uh, preaches, and I know he's in some of his podcasts has said he doesn't allow any gossip in his organization, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to gossip, you're going to get fired. You're not going to work there anymore. And and I learned that when you have a business and I have a business as well. And I learned that with my staff very early on. Gossip Mm -hmm. is toxic. It's toxic it to the environment. It's toxic to the patients. Something that I I also do not allow in, <laughs> in the work environment, and and not just professionally, but personally. So I thank you for yeah, bringing that I, up. I, I have that's, a whole I have a whole section on gossip and how it leads to drama and how it's so bad for your diet. So that's all yeah. in the book too. Unique. <laughs> Haven't heard that <laughs> that perspective. Going back to healthy families as well. You know, I I, I also kind of pride myself on eating very healthy. Uh, when I had a child, I didn't quite realize. You know, you buy these organic food bars or whatnot. You don't always catch some of the ingredients that are in there. They may look like they're healthy, but upon further diving into that label, you find some of these things do have some of the ingredients that you were mentioning, some of those dyes and and whatnot. And so I now, this past year more than ever, am starting to read labels. And I've interviewed some uh, guests on my podcast who have dived into that as well, because I think that's super important. And and kids are, we have to set the example. We are the leader in the family, right? So we need to not eat crap so the kids don't want to eat that crap, but we also need to not provide that <laughs> to them. Absolutely. We do the grocery shopping, right? They're not the boss of the house. Parents get to make those decisions. That's exactly right. And and people see the label organic, so they think it's healthy, but they're loaded in sugar and other issues and stuff. And that'll be one of our bonus offers is, is a label reading, you know, a how-to, a, a biohack of basically how to do that because people don't know how to le- read labels. They think because it's organic. Now, sure, being organic helps. It's better, right, right, right. It's a lot better, <laughs> but it could still be loaded with sugar. It could still lead to diabetes and all these other chronic health problems. What I find, especially in my son, is even if I give him more sugar, even if it's fruit, right, even if it's natural sugar, he gets a little more hyped up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has mm-hmm. maybe a little more temper tantrums. I mean, I'm noticing just just small amounts of additional sugar can make big changes. So that is, it's important to watch that. So Absolutely. tell us about, you mentioned about your diet, like what are deal breakers for you that you do not let touch your body, but what are other things you do on a regular basis to stay healthy and well? That's a great question. And first off, you know, the book title of Dream Wellness, D-R-E-A-M, is basically an acronym for the five keys to a wellness lifestyle, being diet, relaxation, exercise, being an adjustment, mental wellness. So diet, I explained already, is being in, you know, everything that goes into your body from the outside world to the inside world. Relaxation is giving your body a chance to call time out, to reset, repair, regenerate, rejuvenate yourself. E is for exercise, any activity that requires physical or mental exertion. Skip A for a second. M is for mental wellness. That's about connecting your inner purpose and passion to your outer goals and tasks in all phases of life, being right with self-esteem, self-worth, self-values, and so on and so forth. When you have a strong D-R-E-M, you should stay in adjustment, which is being in balance mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, and having optimal brain-body communication through the nervous system. So everything I do, I have to look at where it categorizes in my dream lifestyle. So I look at everything in the be-do-have situation, right? We know that different people could do different things and get totally different results. And that is because who you are determines how well what you do works. That's the bottom line. Two different people could do the exact same thing the same way, but get a different result because they be different. So being is about starting with your mindset. So I pray regularly. I meditate. I surround myself by positive people and I avoid that negativity and the gossip and the drama and everything else. As far as my diet goes, I really eat a wholesome diet about 95% of the time. 
I drink water, pure water regularly. Um, I exercise about four to six times per week. I've been doing that for over 30 years. I get massages anywhere from two to four times per month, depending on whether I'm getting a one hour once a week or a two hour every other week. And quite possibly the most important of all is I keep my nervous system free of interference because I do get checked by a chiropractor on a regular basis because as a chiropractor, I can't adjust myself. And I want to make sure that my nervous system is adapting to stressors as well as they possibly can. So those are some of the things that I do in my life on a regular basis. Anyone that knows me personally, I don't want to use the word intimidated, but I don't have as many friends as I used to. I'm not one of those people that makes it like if you, do, if you don't do this, you don't live this lifestyle, you stink and I want to hang out with you. But the truth of the matter is I want to surround myself by the people that are most with Jim Rohn that said, you're, you're the uh, sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So I do want to spend time with the people that think like me and, and move like me and live the same like lifestyle as much as possible. Totally. Um, but I don't, I don't do it from a judgmental way. I just do it by setting an example. So some people that are newer in my life, hopefully they rise up and they start making changes because that's what they want in their life. They see how my wife and my son, how we live our lives and they either, you know, get with the program and stuff, or they just don't feel comfortable and don't hang out with us as much. And that's okay too. But we don't come from a judgmental perspective. We come from a loving perspective that we know that everybody can reap the benefits of this wellness lifestyle. Let's talk about your son. So I mentioned I have a son. How old is your son? He, uh, he'll turn five in a couple awesome. of weeks. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I hear he was born at home. He was. And very few people have home births. Well, at least where I live these days. So, <laughs> so tell me what made you and your wife commit to that choice and commit to really raising him differently than so many other kids these days. My wife and I, when she was nine months pregnant, we were at a uh, very prominent uh, legislator's house at a uh, fundraiser in San Diego. And uh, the president of the California Medical Association, well, past president, was there. And he had some interesting questions for us about why we were doing a home birth. And when my wife was asked, she goes, well, the hospital's where all the sick people are. <laughs> um, and he just kind of looked at her and didn't quite know what to say. You know, fortunately for me, my wife was born at home, so it didn't really take a lot of convincing. Okay. Her parents, you know, thought a certain way, you know, based on their spiritual inclination and stuff. I've always wanted to do that coming from the healthcare perspective. But ultimately, we wanted to deliver our, our child in an environment that is peaceful, one that we can control with as many variables as possible, including, you know, avoiding unwanted medical interventions. Mm -hmm. You know, we can control the lighting, the sound, the positioning, the love that's in the air. We didn't want to be another number, you know, with an insurance thing and another chart. We actually wanted to be a family and have that family together. Of course, we had contingency plans ready to go. God forbid right. something was going yep. to go wrong. We weren't yep. being irresponsible, but we were very much acting in faith that births have been happening for quite a long time, even before there were medical interventions for it. We know not all of them worked out that great. I'm aware of that. But the body has an innate ability to actually, if you can conceive a child and make a child, you know, God's helping us with all that. I think we can deliver them too. So as few interventions as possible was our goal. And it worked out quite well for us. Well, congratulations. I think that is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> and how else would you say you, you raise your son differently? Does so, he have many friends also or a or, or, or few friends? <laughs> he, he's in preschool, so he's got a lot of friends. More friends um, than you. <laughs> but what's funny is, you know, when, when, when we would watch him like at birthday parties and stuff and like the parents would take pictures and stuff, while all the kids were eating cake and stuff, he'd be eating a cucumber. So he assimilates very well with other kids. He doesn't judge other kids and stuff like that. He's too yeah, young yeah, to yeah. do that. But there are times that a kid will ask, do you want this, like a Cheeto or something like that? And he'll say, no, that doesn't make me healthy. It doesn't make me strong. 
So he's on board with the values yeah. of our household. It's really interesting because yeah. it's easy to say that and not, not have people believe it, but when they actually see it in action, like he'll, we'll be in a store and the, he'll say, does it have corn syrup? You know, is, or he knows yeah. when he was two, he could identify the non-GMO or the organic label. And, wow. you know, like any other kid, kids like sugar, they like sweet stuff. But like if we're in Costco together or something and they have a lot of organic stuff there, yeah. you might ask for something. And if I say, no, it's not organic. He's like, okay, like he's okay it. with it. Yeah, yeah. So we're teaching him these values early on. He's been getting adjusted since the second he was born, literally with our homework. Mm -hmm. I caught him, you know, and uh, he got his first adjustment before I even handed him to my wife, Brooke. You know, he sees me exercise at home, you know, especially during the COVID times when gyms are closed and stuff. So he'll get on my back and do the push-ups with me and he'll do some sit-ups and he's done yoga posture since he's two. He does mindful moments at school. So, I love you know, that. we bring that, that yeah. meditation aspect to it. He's been praying, you know, for as long as, uh, as long as he can understand what prayer is about. So really the values that we teach in the dream lifestyle, we take it home and, you know, we can't say that he does everything perfectly. He's pretty darn close. He sets a really good example. And I pray and, you know, envision that this will continue, that it will go on mm -hmm. because we have not seen any signs of any slipping in all of his years. Right. Like everything has progressed to a certain way that he gets it. He gets the lifestyle and why we do what we do. That's just how he's raised and, and he, he appreciates it and welcomes it. I think that's amazing. I My son's a lot younger, <laughs> barely talking at this point, but uh, but for his birthday, your family will you know, bring over sugary cake, whatnot. And, you know, he just, he didn't even really know what to do with it. He's like, give me the fruit, you know, give me the, <laughs> he, he wanted the fruit. That's what he knows, what he likes. And I hope that we can raise our son similar to how you're raising yours. And I don't want to say indoctrinate, but, you know, teach him. <laughs> teach it is indoctrinate. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. one of my sections of the book is called brainwashing. And it's basically the unwashing. You know, we've been brainwashed to believe something else. So now it's time to clean our brains into a whole new concept of indoctrinating them to health and wellness. You'll get a copy of my book. You'll get a signed copy and everything. <laughs> you could start living that and doing it. I'm sure you're already doing things great. But one of the things I talk about in the book also is kids don't know how yummy sugar is if you don't give it to them. You know, and the U.S. government just came out with its new guidelines saying that no amount of sugar is safe for a child under the age of two. Yet we see kids at their, birth, their first birthday party, you know, oh, let me give you some ice cream. Let me give you your birthday cake and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, why? You know, I know you want your kid to love you. You know, I know you want them to be happy and to enjoy these great things in life, but they don't know the difference between the sweetness of an apple or the sweetness of a chocolate cake. And they're going to have very different effects on their life later on. So we've kind of talked about your lifestyle and your family's lifestyle. Let's talk about your patients. So how do your patients follow your advice and remain disciplined? So obviously it's challenging to do everything right all the time. And that is not what I expect. I define discipline as turning something that would be considered deprivation for one person to empowerment for another. When my families that I take care of, when their why is big enough, it's easy to make those choices, right? If practice members value a lifetime of physical and mental health for themselves and their kids, then they're going to practice excessive goodness and just a little bit of the bad stuff. So, you know, I have families that I take care of. They come in for all different reasons. For some, they just want to get the kid off medications. For some, they just want to live the highest quality of life and then everything in between. So it's not my job to make them do the things. It's to provide them with the information. Every decision a person makes is ultimately value clarification, right? You know, someone's values based on what they're doing. What are they spending the money on? What are they spending their time doing? What choices are they making? And if their values are not in alignment with what I'm educating them on, that's on mm -hmm. them. I've been very fortunate, very blessed to attract families 
that value it. Either they're already on this path or they want to get on this path and they truly want it. So most of our families are very compliant with the lifestyle. And that's why I say not everything in moderation, because I say, you know, once you lick the lollipop of mediocrity, you'll suck forever. Mm. Right. And a mediocre life leads to, you know, you get mediocre results. Right. So I say excessive goodness and a little bit of bad stuff. Interesting. Let's let's transition to talking about longevity here as we kind of wrap up the show today. So I've mm-hmm. heard you say that the inability to adapt to chemical, physical and emotional stress ages people. Mm-hmm. So can you expand on that? Yeah. So basically our lives, you know, we're bombarded with stressors every single moment. So examples of chemical stresses could be foods that we eat that we might have an allergy to or pollution that we breathe in or drugs that people take, whether they were pushed or prescribed, alcohol. Those are all examples of chemical stresses. We all endure chemical stress, no matter how clean you try to make your diet, even just breathing the air. Sometimes the air quality might be poor. Physical stresses could be a car accident, uh, not exercising properly or not exercising at all. Maybe talking on your phone like this or being on your devices like this and getting forward head posture, a fall falling down the stairs, kids, you know, bunging their heads. They're constantly having physical stresses and we can't avoid all of them. And then there's emotional stresses. You know, those could lead to, that could be finances. It could be relationships, whether it's with spouses, whether it's getting bullied at school, romantic relationships can cause emotional stress. So we all endure chemical, physical, and emotional stress. I'm sure you're pretty much familiar with the autonomic nervous system where you talk about fight or flight and rest and digest. Uh, So ultimately when somebody is in a stress mode, right? Most of the time they are going to deteriorate much quicker. Their body's going to be producing more cortisol. The adrenal glands are not going to do what they need to do, get into adrenal fatigue and all this other stuff. And not only will that cause and lead to the visible aging, but also what you don't see on the inside. So what we need to do is really be able to maintain our stress levels, right? So this way we stay in balance between our sympathetic and parasympathetic, our fight or flight, rest and digest, Uh, which is a pretty heavy conversation in and of itself, when we don't adapt to stress, our body ultimately deteriorates, begins to break down and show the signs of aging, both internally and externally. You may likely have heard me talk about one of my favorite products in several episodes called Adrenal Calm. It contains a unique blend of botanicals and nutrients that support the stress response, particularly promoting cortisol balance. Specifically, Adrenal Calm includes a blend of adaptogenic botanicals and nutrients formulated to counteract the effects of daily stress and support healthy energy levels. It also contains phosphatidylserine and L-theanine, both of which reduce that half-life of cortisol or, in other words, calm adrenaline. I love using this in the afternoon if I've had a stressful workday or before public speaking. It can also be taken on a daily basis as many of us have more daily stress now than ever before. If you're interested in learning more about adaptogenic herbs, read chapter six of my book, Your Longevity Blueprint, and check out our product guide info sheet at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash product forward slash adrenal hyphen calm. To get 10% off adrenal calm or L-theanine, use code calm at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now let's get back to the show. just since you're a chiropractor here, and I, I mentioned this in my book, I <laughs> I feel like I can adapt to whatever stressors come my way better when I'm getting adjusted regularly. 
I yeah. know even just sitting at my desk, kind of just going through a work day, I just feel revved up. I feel like my nervous system, not that I'm going to explode, but I just feel more juiced up, more, <laughs> more anxious. And sometimes getting adjustment, I'm just like, oh, that was great. That was, <laughs> it's like it released some <laughs> tension or pressure or whatnot. So I'm drinking the chiropractic Kool-Aid, although it's not Kool-Aid. We'll say it's coconut water, something that's healthy. I'm drinking that. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Uh, because I, I do think that that, that getting adjusted, which is the adjustment part of your five facets of wellness, I guess. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the five facets of wellness, the five keys to a wellness lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think that's so important. So it is. But, and what's interesting though, it's not even getting adjusted. That's not the A, it's being an adjustment. Getting adjusted is a way of getting an adjustment. You know, eating the right foods is yeah. another way of being an adjustment and staying in adjustment. Sure. So sure. I, I, I like use um, adjustment in the dream as more of an adjective than a verb, but the, it's all okay. part of it though. You also say that longevity is less about genetics and more about lifestyle. So expand on that. I know some people think, oh, I inherited this gene. I'm, I'm doomed. What not? <laughs> Tell yeah. us how important lifestyle is. Well, I think that they say that um, maybe 20 to 30% of your genetic makeup determines aspects of the future. The rest is lifestyle. Like, and that's why you have this whole field of study called epigenetics that basically demonstrates how your lifestyle choices will actually help turn on and turn off certain genes and potentially even change your genetic makeup. You know, my friend Steve, the one who introduced me to chiropractic, I used to ask him all the time when we were in chiropractic school why he would always go outside in the really cold weather wearing shorts and a t-shirt he said, I'm trying to change my genes for my kids. You know, so this wow. way they wouldn't need, they wouldn't need to uh, wear a jacket or something like that. I don't know if that actually works or not, but it's the concept of epigenetics that the choices that we make throughout our life can have a tremendous impact on so many other, other aspects where we don't have to fall victim to our genes. You know, one of my uh, friends, mentors, James Chestnut says, you know, so many people blame their woes in life on bad luck, bad germs, and bad genes when it really comes down to bad choices. You know, you want to be around for a long time, whether it's avoiding an unnecessary accident or a health crisis, uh, you want to make good choices, good lifestyle choices, and that'll keep you on this planet quite a bit longer. And not only, it's not only about adding years to your life, but also about adding life to your years. The happier you are, the more functioning, what better function you have of your body and your nervous system, the longer you'll be around and the better you'll be around. Because again, living to a hundred and being miserable in a nursing home is not the same as getting there gracefully. Mm, Agreed. And for the listeners, if you want to learn more about genetics and specifically epigenetics, which he mentioned in nutrigenomics, kind of how nutrition can influence your genes, check out chapter three of my book, where I'm comparing the electrical work of the home to genetics in your body, because you do want certain genes or lights turned off certain times of the day and other genes maybe turned or vice versa. Yeah, (laughs) get my drift. So check that out. I have to ask, where's Steve? What happened to Steve? Is he still practicing as a chiropractor? Steve is practicing in uh, Long Island, New York. Uh, It's funny because he was 36 hours shy of being my stepbrother. And right. meanwhile, I was in his wedding party. He was in my wedding party. Mm, and we are great. brothers. You know, we've stayed. He's one of the few people, you know, since I, I live in San Diego now, he's one of the yeah. few people that I actually keep in touch with on a regular basis in New York. Um, he's got a great family, great wife, great kids. And he's living the dream lifestyle the way that he does in New York and happy as anything. That's great. So let's review, lastly, again, those five facets of wellness. Can you just, I know you mentioned them quickly, but can you just run through that list one more time for our listeners? Yeah. So diet, everything that goes into your body from the outside world to the inside world. So it's everything you eat, drink, taste, touch, smell, feel, hear, all the movies you watch and all the people you spend time with, just as much part of your diet as food you consume. Relaxation is giving your body a chance to call time out, 
to reset, repair, regenerate, and rejuvenate yourself. E is for exercise, any activity that requires physical or mental exertion, right? So not only working out in a gym, but also doing mental exercises, doing crossword puzzles and reading stimulating books that are good for your mind and, and keep your mind youthful. A, being in adjustment is about being in balance mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, and having optimal brain-body communication through the nervous system. And then M for mental wellness is connecting your inner purpose and passion to your outer goals and tasks in all phases of life, being right with your self-esteem, self-worth, self-values, and so on and so forth. All of which is expanded in your book. So tell us about your book, (laughs) (laughs) where the audience can find it as well as you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you go to dreamwellnessbook.com, like dream at night, D-R-E-A-M, dreamwellnessbook.com, uh, you can get into, you know, see how you can buy it on Amazon uh, and everything else. We also have a parents community for those that might have children that you're still raising that are under 18. We'll be communicating on, you know, on Facebook and some other mediums because that's always changing. We don't know what's going to be in social media, but we'll always have a community. So parents can talk to parents and get some good advice. The book itself has a, a quiz that goes with it. It's a lifestyle health predictor, essentially called the Dream Score. And it's about 100 questions all about your lifestyle. And you'll get a full report that basically shows where in the book you should reference in order to increase your score and basically show like in a battery, for example, like you look at your phone battery and you know if the battery is charging or depleting, you know it's charging when you plug it in and you know it's depleting when you're getting into the red area. So you'll get an idea of whether your health battery is charging or depleting. And Mm. that'll help protect not only your health, but also that of your children. Very cool. Very cool. Last question here. What is your top longevity tip? If you had to pick one, you've given us several, but what's your top longevity tip? I guess if I had to pick one top longevity tip, it would have to be to have a chiropractor on your healthcare team. It's not the direction that I thought I was going to go, but the truth of the matter is, if you don't know if your nervous system is functioning optimally, you're missing out on on a huge part of your life because the nervous system controls every other system in the body. So I look at the five facets of wellness as being the five wheels of a car, right? You got two tires in the front, two tires in the back, and then you got a steering wheel in the middle. And okay. the steering wheel is going to dictate all the I was the wondering others. where that fifth wheel was. That's where the fifth wheel is. Um, <laughs> and so ultimately, if you eat all the right food in the world, but your brain's not allowing your digestive organs to function the right way, that food might be you know, leading to still malnutrition because you're not breaking it down and processing it properly right? You can do all the exercise in the world, but if your brain's not communicating with the nerves that feed, say the bicep muscle or the heart muscle, then you could actually be doing more harm than good. So making sure the nervous system is functioning optimally is a key component to it. So I'm going to have to be biased here. And I'm going to say, just hire a chiropractor to check you out. Um, (laughs) If you need corrective care, you get under corrective care. If not, chiropractor may invite you back in about six months to get checked again. Awesome. Well, this was a joy to interview you. Lots of fun. I look forward to reading your book. So thank you for coming on the show today and sharing with our audience what chiropractic care, did I even say that right? Chiropractic care (laughs) can do for their health, as well as thank you for encouraging us to live this wellness lifestyle. So thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you, Dr. Gray. It was great being here. 
Well, there you have it. Another awesome episode with a chiropractor. My first episode when launching this podcast was with a chiropractor, CJ Clean, and I've had several others on since, like Dr. V, and you know, they never disappoint. Even though our trainings are different, I think we have very similar perspectives on health. Everyone can benefit from a fully functioning nervous system. So find a well-trained chiropractor near you so that you can get your spine in line. And everybody go out and grab a copy of Dr. Stenzler's book, Dream Wellness, The Five Keys to Raising Kids for a Lifetime of Physical and Mental Health. And visit dreamwellnessbook.com to get your first copy for 99 cents, plus his reduced screen use for kids ebook and the digital detox for parents workbook. All can be found at dreamwellnessbook.com. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I do read all the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, and for how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. The podcast is produced by the team at Counterweight Creative. As always, thank you so much for listening and remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.